Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. <laughs> Hello, my lovely sister. I miss you and my new little GH fan. I know. So, um, I guess for those of you that listen, I had a baby uh, last week towards the end of the week. So she's here um, and everything is going well. There's just so many little beings <laughs> to, 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 to take care of. The boys are adjusting really well. They like uh, the oldest one loves taking care of her. The little one is so <laughs> damn little <laughs> <laughs> to have a younger sibling. But even he's super adorable. He he tries Ooh. to tiptoe to see her when she's on me to like give her kisses. And the, f- the funniest thing that he does is that he just copies the older one and doesn't understand what he's doing. <laughs> but because the three-year-old often goes, she's sleeping. Every time he walks up to her, he's always shushing her. <laughs> he shushes her, he kisses her, he has no clue what's what's happening. I'm sure he has no idea who this baby is. But everything is going super well. And so we're back this week. Caught up we on all back. of our GH. Kind of sad. We're not going to get into last week. Obviously I'm sad we didn't get to to get in and, and discuss last week's episode. But let's jump right into to this week's craziness, which obviously just continues from from last week. <laughs> so like <laughs> I want to start with um, with Franco. So, okay. so, so they they did it. <laughs> they got him. They well, got him committed. They ever? Mm-hmm. Oh, they, I thought you yeah. about the did it part, and then they got him committed. <laughs> oh, yes, Kim and him did did yeah. do it. Oh my god! So, do you want to start with maybe the the breakup then with Julian? Oh my god. Before getting into (laughs) what happened to to Franco, all I wrote to be obviously, I have more to say, but like the only thing I wrote in my notes was awkward. This is so awkward. (laughs) So awkward. Because he's so like excited and in love and she's prepared. And she's like, oh, oh, he showed up and I'm I'm still here. I know. (laughs) She's like, didn't you check your messages? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because her message had nothing to do with like, it was like a gratitude message. It wasn't clear. You know what I mean? And obviously Julian expressed that, you know, like, what was that message about? It seemed really gloomy. Kind of is, man. Kind of is pretty gloomy. <laughs> so, okay. Oh I, I just have to say this. I know everyone thinks Kim is nuts. I don't. I just think she's a new breed and a unique take on a bad girl because it's not obvious with her. Like, I don't think she's crazy because she she's never cared about the line she's crossed. She's never cared. When she kissed, like, even to the smallest point, when she kissed Drew on New Year's and Julian confronted her, how did she react? She was like, oh, it's just a New Year's kiss. Like, she just basically does what she wants <laughs> and she really doesn't yeah. care, but she's also really nice. Like, she's calm, I guess, in the way she addresses it. Like, she's like, it's no big deal. Like, she just sort of brushes it off. Like, she just does what she wants. She always has. And so even though she, like, on the surface, it looks like she's, like, would fit into, let's say, the good girl mold, as opposed to, like, you know, where Carly might fit or somebody else might fit um, as, like, a typical bad girl. She's not your typical bad girl, but, like, we talked about this a long time ago. She does bad things nicely in a way, you know? Like, she was calm in the way she addressed Elizabeth last week. She was kind of, sort of calm in the way she addressed, I mean, yes, she was crying, but even with Julian, like, she just does things, but she doesn't really apologize for it. She just does what she wants. She knows that Franco is, like, Franco. She knows exactly what happened. She's not crazy. She's just choosing what she wants to choose. That's what I feel. Like, I don't feel like she's delusional. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. She doesn't give, she doesn't care. I agree. And I would use that explicit as well that you were going to use. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I stop stop myself. But what do you think? Like, do you think she's delusional or do you think she knows exactly what she's doing and she just doesn't care? I honestly think she just doesn't care anymore because she even mentioned it. Like, she's been just waiting and yearning for this person for so long. I mean, we've discussed that the Drew that was present in her life had no memories and not the same face. And she was still trying to rekindle something with him. Talk about all the memories. Now you have somebody who's in a different body, but legit has all the memories and just the way, you know, like she's like, he knows how to kiss me. He knows every intimate detail about me. He knows 
all of the feelings and he knows me. He knows everything about me. Like that's intense and that's next level. And this is what she's been waiting for for all this time. So she's in a very unique situation where it's just, okay, so it's like the wrong body, but it's like the guy that she's wanted her whole life. Exactly. And a body doesn't mean anything to her because like we (laughs) talked about, Drew's body was not Drew's body. It was Jason's. Yeah. And you know know what? It's, it kind of feeds into the really interesting debate. And every time we talk about like what makes a person, because honestly, I, I really do see both sides. You know what I mean? Like even when Elizabeth, when it comes to Franco, I still see both sides like every time let's say Elizabeth makes her argument I'm right there with her when Kim makes her argument I'm also right there with her and I love it because it really makes this discussion showing that there's so much gray area and it's not definitive in terms of what makes a person a person and every time I think about what makes a person a person I think about Cameron and that initial statement he makes that sort of let's say the start of this disaster when he's with Jason and says I think therefore I am so yes. really so that's all I keep thinking about is that it's just a really interesting back and forth as to what exactly makes you like you because I've, t- I've talked to you privately about this I'm like if Johnny disappeared and then came back <laughs> in someone else's body and really knew everything about our marriage and our life together like I can't exactly say I'd be like no go away I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't say I would dismiss it. I'd be like, I'll take any Johnny at this point. (laughs) Like as long as you know what I mean. I don't care what body you're in, but it's like when it's someone you love, you're you're gonna take it in any form. So it's just it's really it's it's like it's interesting, but I love it so damn much. And this is why, like, I was so excited about this storyline because I just felt, my gosh, it's so explosive, and it has been, and I love it. So much. So I understand what you're saying about Johnny and the whole intensity of the story. I would hope for a hot body with the. Oh one. yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I think that would make all the difference. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> if not, it's like, oh, sorry. But do, but do you know what's weird? Because I think Kim said this either after she slept with Franco, okay. which is maybe not the time you say that. But she, when she was like. When you talk, I hear Drew, but then when I look at you, I see my friend's husband, and I just kept picturing like, "So are you gonna put a bag over his head?" Like I don't understand. <laughs> no, what's I think happening it was before. Here. It was she said it before. before. I feel like a little. In- I mean, I know she's not talking about like his like his attractiveness or anything, but I was just sort of like, "Where do you go from there?" Like it's just you obviously don't care, so I don't know why you're saying it. She was doing like she was doing everything she possibly could, big air quotes you can't see, to stop herself from the next step. Yeah, that's true. She just needed exactly. She needed to say it out loud so that maybe it would stop her, but also maybe stop him. And it didn't. So she's like, "Eh, at least I said it out loud. I'm covered. Loophole. (laughs) Pretty much. And I mean, it's. I mean, Franco doesn't make it easier either. And I get it. People think he's incapacitated. I'm just like, but he also can easily say. I know this isn't my body. I know that there was a memory transfer, but I don't remember that guy. So how do I act like that guy? So that's the thing. Like, I just find it's really hard. Like, like, oh, before we just move on with the whole Elizabeth, I just have to say, like, it was just amazing when Julian sort of left and, and told her not to call him Charlie. He was like, my name is Julian. Yes. I was like, you're so hot right now. Right? I mean, you <laughs> can do pretty much anything. And I'd be thinking uh, yeah. that, Same. that, um, <laughs> But yeah, so like, I mean, I don't know. Do you think this means, oh yeah, and, and and we're not the only ones to think that. Happy and Hitch said, boom, best one-liner in a while. <laughs> Loved it. Gotta love Julian. And it really, really was. But do you think he's, they're going to turn him bad now because he co- referred to himself as Julian? Because remember, he's like, yes, he credits a lot of like him bettering himself to Kim, but he also gave Alexis credit. And he has Julian to everyone else and to some and to his son, Lucas. And to everyone, to, to the people who acknowledge that he's changed. So I don't know. Like, do you think him stating his name as Julian really um, suggests he's going to cross back over to where he was? I don't think so. I think he'll waver a little bit, just like he did with, with Oberg's car, and he was able to overcome it. I think he's going to go through a little bit of self-discovery. Because like you said, he credits his change to other people, where he really starts to, he really needs to start crediting himself for the changes that he made. Because you can't just say, it's because of you. Like, he could have done that action and just, like, lied about it. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I just think it's going to go through a little bit of a waywardly path and maybe Ava, this might be her good deed in helping her brother see how far he's come. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. You actually think Ava can do that, but I really don't. I I, I don't think that at at all. Um, This is interesting. So MECMPK said, I wonder if Crazy Kim is going to try to kidnap, I mean, break out (laughs) Michael Drew. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think... I don't I don't think she knows how to like be like crimey and like break no. someone out because no. the only person she knew that could have helped her was Julian and I think it'd be really awkward if she were to ask him to kidnap another person because she already asked him to kidnap Oscar but that the didn't go is, over well she's so she's really good with her words like she's gotten Julian to forgive her twice for some really messed up situations so she I would like to hear her fancy footing and her wording to just try Right? I, like, I would. I would like to know what she could possibly say at this point. But I do think, like, based on, on like, just the brief clip today um, of, like, Diane on a phone call with Kim, clearly she'll, she will be a part, I think, of, of what frees Franco. How she does that, I don't know. I think it might be more of, like, a getting him a lawyer type deal. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think she's going to be on his side trying to get him out. And I don't think um he'll end up having the procedure I don't yeah. think I think it's obvious I mean look it's a soap opera it's obviously more interesting if he doesn't get his memory back and if he does that it happens maybe like spontaneously kind I, of like how um fake Drew found his way back to Sam so here's the thing there's there's a couple of things so like that scene with Aiden and Franco was was really beautiful and he gave him his time and his patience to understand the relationship without getting defensive and I, and I really like that. And I really liked what, what um, like we said, it pulls us into different parts of the story. And then Elizabeth comes in and he's like, oh, smooth move, you know, putting your little kid in to make me feel something or make me feel bad. I do think they're going to let this go on longer. Yeah. I also have to remember that Kim and him did it. She also hid her first kid from Drew. Is she going to, one, hide her next kid from this Drew? Or right when he starts to get his memories back and his Drew memories kind of dull a little bit, this new baby pops up. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. That'll be so that's ex- that's exactly what it has to be. It has it's gonna be like explosive every single time mm-hmm. things feel neat. And just when Elizabeth thinks and that's what I mean. I think if Franco comes back to her, it's gonna be in this natural kind of way. Like he'll begin to see her in a new light or something will just keep um, pulling them back together to a point where they might be in a good place and then Kim will find out she's pregnant it's just really funny to me because it was, it's like with, with Elizabeth it's like I don't think she's ever had to deal with that like yes she has three boys and different daddies but hell everybody does on the show but it was sort of like you know with Jason and Sam they had this like epic legendary love story and then here was this here was Jason who had this baby with Elizabeth you know what I mean? Like there was always like Elizabeth was sort of on the outside with her son there. Like, I don't know if that's how like Sam ever saw it, but it was obviously like kind of a sore spot at one point because at one point Elizabeth was the only one to have Jason's baby and the first okay, so- one to have Jason's baby. So I just feel like it's kind of weird because I don't think Elizabeth's ever been on the other side of that situation where she has this neat family and now you're forced to have this other person participate in your life. Like Kim, you brought this up, you know, a couple of weeks ago that the script is totally being flipped on Elizabeth because exactly what you're saying. She was the one who kept Drew Jason even after knowing. So she like hid this person. She's always been the one who has has the random babies, but she's never dealt with all of that. You know, somebody being on the other side of forgetting Elizabeth, this new baby that she has to figure out how to include into her new family dynamic. So it's really interesting to see. Usually she's the one manipulating the situation, having to feel for these people and deal with it like an adult in a soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is true. I do feel that things are kind of flipping on her because just to touch a little bit on last week when she was trying to make all of her arguments to Kim. And I know a lot of people think the situation is different, but to me, I feel it's a similar storyline because the whole thing is the memory mapping isn't new. We saw it happen to somebody else on the show. Now it's happening to a different set of characters. And that's what makes it a little bit more interesting because it affects different people in a completely different way than it did the last time. Because when the memory thing happened, it was about Elizabeth sort of, 
while it was a secret. But then once it was out, it became about Sam and Jason and their love story and how they will find their way back to each other. And then she was sort of booted out of the storyline. Now she's center stage in this memory storyline. Now it's really about her. Um, so I do find that really interesting. And I do personally find them the same because, like, I mean, everything she's accusing Kim of are things she sort of did. You know what I mean? When she found out that Drew was Jason, she didn't exactly encourage him to rebuild with his wife when she knew who mm-hmm. he was. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of similarities, you know, I just think about the situation is that Elizabeth just happens to be on this end of it this time. And I understand her arguments, just like I understand Kim's perspective. But I also think that if Elizabeth was in Kim's shoes, I can't picture Elizabeth doing things any differently. Nope. They just happen. <laughs> both of these, no, and both of these women just happen to be on the side that they're on, and that's just what it is. And that's what I kind of love about the storyline is just that it's not so so black and white. Except to maybe Cam. Cam's like, maybe you shouldn't lock him up. Cam is like, I have bad feelings about this. Like Elizabeth is really certain about this decision, but he's really worried, and he tried talking to his mom about it, and he even talked to Laura about it, and he and I. It was really cool that he had a a very um, thoughtful reason as to why he went to Laura in particular. Because he was concerned about the environment Franco would be in. Exactly. And I love that kid. So he's just thinking of him as a human being being protected, no matter what the personality is. He doesn't want that person being faced with any hardship in an environment in a psychiatric hospital that we've heard so many bad things about. And that his mom is losing that perspective because she so desperately wants Franco back that she's willing to lose any personality and just have a vegetable body. I know that's a really scary thing. You know, we know it's the one in four, but it's a scary risk to take. And it's not a risk that she necessarily has to live with in the same way as the actual person. So that's that part I find is like the harshest part for me to wrap my head around, especially today when he was pleading with her and just saying, like, you can't do this. You can't force me to do Mm -hmm. this. It was just so hard because she was just like, well, I have all the rights and I get to do this and I get to choose this procedure and you don't get a say. You don't get consent. It was just so hard to hear, like you said, bringing up the fact of just looking at this from a human perspective. It was it was hard. It was hard. But she is very, very determined in her choice. Well, yeah, because if you look at it from his point of view, there's a, a human being sitting there and she's basically saying, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to take away your personality you are no longer going to exist. You are going to cease to exist. And I decide the timeline. Yeah, it's, it's messed really, up. It's really scary because we really don't know what's going to end up happening. I love that he today he basically verbalized that if he got to remain Drew, he'd be okay with that. And if Drew's memories <laughs> got enhanced, he'd be even more okay with that. So that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. But for all of Elizabeth's um, arguments about this whole incapacitation thing, what I thought was interesting was, okay, so... You think that he's incapacitated, but yet Elizabeth this week spoke to Drew trying to give a message to Franco somewhere in there. (laughs) So I was like, doesn't that not negate your argument that he's crazy if you spoke to Drew trying to talk to Franco? I think it makes Elizabeth crazy. I think it makes her look crazy. Well, I'm just saying best of luck to her and Scott. Like, I know you got him like committed to Shady Brook, but if you take it to court and allow arguments to be made back and forth, I just think that like, it's a really hard one to argue if you actually hear from Franco himself that he knows exactly what happened. It's just that he can only go with what he knows and he's choosing to kind of live life in this way. But it's not that he doesn't know. And it's not like he woke up one day and thinks this an actual mm-hmm. physical procedure was done to him to make him think that. And basically the outcome is a successful, it was a successful experiment because that was the intended outcome. Exactly. Like and I don't, you, she's going to have this um, right for very much longer. Like I think it's, it's extremely limited. Yeah. And I mean, even if we think about Drew, it's just like no one ever called him incapacitated because he lived as Drew for a long time. And no one and and even when he found out he was Jason, it still took some time for him to come to terms with the whole thing. So I'm just saying, like, no one ever called him incapacitated for having believed who he was. You know what I mean? And I feel like no one's really given Franco a minute to like sit with this and he and the, you have to think about this there's nothing like there's nothing that says he's incapacitated because he made the decision to to leave saying like if I don't have the memories of Franco it mm-hmm. means that it's just too hard if we're here because I don't want to be with you because I don't remember you it's almost like him just having amnesia forget about the Drew memories 
Mm-hmm. But like if somebody have had amnesia, would you make them incapacitated to try to get them back? I just think you got fast tracked to being a GH lawyer. <sighs> I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm sold. Even if I didn't watch, just like boom, sold it, done. <laughs> That would be the winning argument for you? Yes, yes. So I'm excited just to see where this is going to go because I really don't think it kind of, I don't I don't think it, it's going to be the way Elizabeth thinks is right now he's being transferred and I think she thinks the next step is forcing this procedure, but I think that there's a lot more that's going to happen between that. Oh, I'm excited to see. Exactly, same here. So another super big storyline of the week was the whole Shiloh thing. Yeah. <laughs> tell me more about your excitement (laughs) I uh, like I understand some of the parts of the way it unfolded but that last scene with the flare gun I just like I wanted maybe somebody else to get the retribution not necessarily a Sam and Jason situation like I wasn't like I wasn't it didn't fulfill my soul you know no, and you know what? You're really not the the only one um, to think that at all. So Sarah Periardi said, epic ending, but I still wish Willow was the one to take him out. She deserves that honor, in my opinion, more than Sam. And I have to, like, agree with you. Like, basically, as I was watching the week unfold, I was like, oh, he's going to die or he's going to be exiting the show. And I'm like, <laughs> after all of this? Oh, yeah. and this this captures it actually a lot better than I could could say. Actually, this is from Knitting Blue. Knitting the Blue. She said uh, the writers spent a lot of time and energy attaching Shiloh historically to a lot of characters. There was Drew, Willow, Sam, Peter. Seriously, the Peter thing. Peter cannot get off that easy. Uh, maybe Franco Jewel will recognize him, so we'll see. Then the complicated Wiley story. So he dies before we get the satisfaction of lur- of of um, him learning that he isn't Wiley's father and the whole Nell bit. So this totally, I think, captures better than I can say that he was, he was like, she's absolutely right. He was tied to so many things. And then it ends in this whole Sam Jason standoff. I know, like, I'm not impressed at all. Like, honestly, my note says really, really in capital letters. So those are <laughs> I just couldn't handle for exactly that reason. They were laying so much groundwork and everything just got shut down. So, okay. So the thing is, he did do an interview somewhere. And I mean, this is normal that most actors will sign. Like if you're signing a contract, it might be like a three-year contract. So I think that is what he signed, but he ended up doing just nine months. And it was GH who sort of opted not to renew. Ah, okay. So it wasn't like he was leaving and they needed to kind of like do something. Um, because like he decided to leave. So, I mean, it's literally like just the choice of how they decided to end the story. Yeah. So it, it, it strikes me as a little bit odd. What are you going to do with the rest of this uh, history you built up? Okay. What so here's the point the of bringing Nell back. Go ahead. I'm thinking he's not really dead. It's like a little Romeo and Juliet business happening right now. But and he looked super drowned when they, <laughs> they unzipped him. But you know what? Keepsakes, Biles said, great actor, hated this storyline. But will he wake up in the morgue? She also says, I hope it's over. <laughs> so she, she does hope he's dead. Um, but but this yeah. Is- this is a soap and we don't know what can happen. I mean, children have come to life. People have been switched for organ donors. Jason was gone for five years. Like we never know what's going to happen, but there has to, they have to figure out a way to close the story better. Like I can't, I can't handle it right now. And we, and that's the thing. All we saw was the identification of the body, which I didn't know you can just volunteer for just like that. But um, (laughs) at the pretty, in the hall, in the hallway. I know, I know. It was just bizarre. So at the pretty fix, he had said, just along the lines of everything you were just saying, I don't think Shiloh is dead. The coroner is going to turn out to be a Donnie. And Shiloh will return for more crazy down the line. He's been too good a bad guy to lose. Pocket him, yes. bring him back, and amp up the crazy. Ooh, I dig that. I dig that. I really, really like that comment because I completely agree. He was an, an epic villain. Mm-hmm. And... Just out with a flare gun. Like, <laughs> I really love that, don't you? <laughs> I I do, but I just I I just don't understand it. But I mean, okay, th- this I have to agree with uh, completely. So he gets shot, 
And so you, yeah. you think it's over. That's the illusion. But I mean, like, come on. And um, Jenny99 said, I mean, didn't we all know Charlotte was coming for Jason when he looked out into the water? Right? Oh, yeah, totally. 100%. And I couldn't believe they didn't check for a pulse that they're romantically gazing at each other. Like, dude, come on, procedure. Okay, I just have to say about the whole, like, Sam stuff. Okay, so the mm-hmm. moment they were in the courthouse... And they exchanged phones. I was like, oh, this is going to be super bad for Sam. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Because she has, like, the dead phone. And even more funny was Knitting the Blues made this this comment about Sam. Just the whole, like, not touching base with what she's doing and running off on her own. She's like, like, a quick phone call to anybody would have been too much. And she learned anything from the freezer incident. Right? Seriously, oh. she went to Shallow's room without telling anybody, and then she decides to run off and find Dev without, like, just making a really fast call to let somebody know where she was. And the whole thing just kind of bugged me. Like, this could have been epic with him, like, kidnapping Wiley and then coming to, like, this massive, like, standoff, you know, forcing... Ooh, yes. Brad to kind of like out his secret you know about Mm -hmm. Wiley because what we didn't have a reason to like confess as the whole situation was escalating you know maybe he would have been forced to kind of say something like like what if he was there at the standoff telling Shiloh it's not your son Mm -hmm. and having to confess in front of the cops in front of everybody and having it be like really really epic he doesn't have to because he got his son back really quick so as much as I wanted Wiley to be safe as well as death it was just like okay so Shiloh gets everything he wants. He has Sam on a boat. He has Wiley. And then he just lets Wiley and Dev go. And for the billionth time, Sam can't kick his butt? Really? Oh, that was infuriating. The fact that she, that weird fall or when she, he was kind of like standing near her. Like, I couldn't handle any of it. The fact that he gave up Wiley so easy, that's so not Shiloh. Like, how can right? you let him convince him again? It was so bizarre. And then Sam's like words about, um, his dad and what his dad said. It's like, like he gives a rat's ass right now. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I thought it was funny when she was egging him on because I was like, okay, this is great. We're going to have strong Sam here and she's going to kick his butt and this is going to be amazing. But I think like everybody else, I think ultimately we figured Jason would show up and save her. And mm-hmm. even though at the end of the day, she turned around and saved him. And that was also nice. I just was like, I just don't like that she... Like, yes, they save each other equally, but I just felt like if you can high kick the gun out like that, you could do yeah. more. Like, when he threw her on the glass, I'm like, you can't pick up the glass and throw it in his eyes? That's exactly what I was thinking. Or, like, I thought she'd pick up, like, a bigger piece of glass and just, like, slash him a little bit. Exactly. Oh, wow, that excitement there. You didn't want to talk about <laughs> You didn't want to talk about this, but you're super excited about some slashing action. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it was uh, all around disappointing, right? <laughs> that was, that yeah, what we're, was that what we're saying? Oh, my yeah. gosh, this was really funny. Did you notice that when Sam was holding Wiley in the boat, he was like, Mama, the yeah. baby? I was like, you <laughs> thing, he's like, this is getting a little too intense for me. This guy's kind of, like, in my face. <laughs> this is know. not Brad or Lucas. I need my mama. I can't do this. Cut. Everybody, cut. I don't want my <laughs> super scary i need a soother i need somebody it was it was super it was super sweet wiley as usual always like steals the show but hey did you catch this about lucas i don't know if the powers that be are listening to us but you know we talk a lot about lucas (laughs) being super hot and we try to and like we talk about how like we want more of him that we don't really know him like super super well like we talked about this a few podcasts ago when he was defending sam or just the way he reacts to things it's like it's interesting because this is us getting to know him and because we do, we can't necessarily predict how he's going to handle things and we're finally getting to see him and when he was talking to brad brad was kind of being like are you not like freaking out over this whole thing and then he's like you know me i'm lucas everything is always fine <laughs> and true. everything you see is a complete facade and i thought that was so interesting him speaking to who he is and his personality because we don't get a lot of that so i'm really hoping that's a clue to like maybe more of him like us getting to know a bit more of him because it gave us that like like that little tidbit there well I'm gonna just gonna jump in with the whole I think GH is listening to us because there was also when Dev wanted to run away and the first place he looked is to go to Montreal that's where you're from yes and then the second place he talked about was Port Stanley that is the beach that I go to it is 30 minutes away from London Ontario that is where I frequent two locations two of us 
they are listening and we thank you and we love you. <laughs> Do you know what I thought Port Stanley was? We have, street, we have a street name, Stanley. I'm like, is that the port? I'm like, is that the port into Montreal? I don't know. I don't know if you can vote here or whatever. So I really didn't know. Then when you told me, I'm like, that's even cooler. What you said. <laughs> okay. So just yes. speaking of like little clues, because I mentioned Lucas, and I know we already talked about this, and I don't know if just my brain is all messed up, but. So earlier when we were talking about Franco, so you feel that that whole scene with Aiden and and Franco is kind of like a hint that that might be how he gets his memory back, just like a natural bonding situation? A natural, no pressure bonding situation. When everybody okay. starts to accept that he is who he is and he just has these random encounters like he did with Aiden because he's little. So there was no pressure, no expectations. Like, oh, you you used to like this chocolate bar, but if you like another one, I'll bring it for you. I thought that was like the perfect, such a basic way to lay things out. Like you used to like something. You were a person that was Franco and now you're wow. this new person. We're trying to adjust. Like it was very like, whoa, mind blowing for me. <laughs> so deep. He's so deep. Right? Elizabeth could stand to learn something from her <laughs> kiddos because they're quite, uh, they're quite something. All those little boys. I agree. Um. Okay. So I have to say, Laura is something else. Like she is more than uniquely qualified to be mayor because when Chase was sort of giving her the rundown on everything with Shiloh, she's like, well, what about the docs? So if I was trying to speak down, that's where I would be. That's what I've done from past experience. So I really I loved, I really loved her um, past experience with like maybe stuff on the darker side to really inform her work as mayor and to help the police. So she's mayor, you know, she helps the police. She does like mayoral things, which I'm sure involves paperwork. Then she also in her spare time does spy work or, in, or like PI work with, Curtis I love that I love that Hayden just like put her foot in her mouth <laughs> she didn't put her foot in her mouth she took it out and spewed everything she had okay. that that is very accurate <laughs> far like, more accurate than my expression <laughs> like because Curtis is like I didn't tell her anything and the funny thing is is that typically when you're when you're saying stuff like when she walks out of Kelly's and she's talking to Curtis typically you look at that person and it takes you a while to realize that the that there's someone else there but did you notice that in this scene, she walks out, starts talking to Curtis, looks at Laura, and doesn't stop talking <laughs> after, she, after she sees her. And, okay. <laughs> you, you, should, you probably should just stop at this point. But, yeah, so do you think that from, from the way the conversation was going, do you think Spencer um, was in on this? Nope. I think it was Nicholas. His name even came up again with Ava. Oh, yeah. She loves throwing him around. I had no idea that he was the first loss for her. So FYI, I Ava is being thrown into the doctor's orbit. Also something we talked about a long time yeah. ago. Oh, my God. Yes. And the fact that they both lost a daughter. Like, I didn't even click into that. And he got <gasps> like, That yeah. is so true. Big, I... big. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like, that's what going, moving to Port Charles does to you, especially if something does spark between him and Ava, is that all of a sudden he's this ethical doctor and then he moves to Port Charles <laughs> and he keeps dating everyone that he he sees. So that might not be awesome for him in terms of, no. like, a reputation. It's it right. might be for some of the ladies looking for a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's in the house. <laughs> Oh my gosh okay so what did you okay first of all there's a couple of things from the whole therapy situation this week so the best line ever was when alexis said i have the emotional iq of a shovel oh my god i loved it i freaking loved it i laughed so hard i was like she knows that's i kind of like that i like it when elizabeth when that's elizabeth <laughs> i wish <laughs> when alexis acknowledges her crazy <laughs> okay but it shows you what how highly you think of elizabeth because she has the iq of a shovel <laughs> owning your, your stuff like owning your crazy like a lot of like that's what I mean like like Carly owns that she's not great <laughs> like she's not always great of a person like she owns it Alexis owns that she can't do relationships and even Kim owns that she makes bad choices but just doesn't care she's yeah. not telling people oh I'm sorry I shouldn't have she's like yeah I know I know it sucks for you Elizabeth but that girl could not have been more direct in her conversation I know <laughs> It's like he doesn't remember you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just saying, he just doesn't. He didn't remember you when we were 
doing it. And I just loved how, like, I'm like, what is happening right now? And Elizabeth walked in last week and saw the, the stuff on the floor. And I was like, this is so gross. You see Franco, they're making out he's in a row. What did you think happened? Like, what did you think happened? Just, they just kissed with one layer of clothes covering her whole body? I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) Unless all other humans out there have more self-control than I do. But really, one layer of clothes? Anyways, (laughs) I I should stop talking right now. I was like, how many layers? Well, why do you think I have three babies that have clothes together? No. (laughs) Oh my god, that's classic. Oh, I love it. I freaking love it. Oh, enough of that. One is three. One is one. No! One just got born. <laughs> we didn't have to say that, but thanks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, on to something a little <laughs> bizarre. Okay. Did you notice how Ava greeted Julian? Because, like, I know that, like, you once had this friend, this brother-sister. They were brother and sister, and they would, like, like dirty dance together, and we thought that was a bit weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then when I watch like Ava and Julian, sometimes I do think of them. Um, they don't dirty dance, but she just like walked up and like kissed him like that. And I mean, look, if he was my TV brother, I would be like, yeah, I think it's okay to make out with him. <laughs> like, I would, I would try to get any of those opportunities, you know, if I could. But I was just like, okay, you guys are really, really, really close. No, but it's the line that she said after that that gave me the heebie-jeebies. What? Because it's true, it was a give you the send off that I wanted to. Oh, I was like, you... I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look away now because there's other things. There was other things going on in Charlie's. But did you notice that Michael thinks that he's brave enough to take on Valentine? I know it was. Oh my gosh! Everyone. Like wow. <laughs> everyone wanted to give a send off, and it was all said in a very sinister. I mean, I mean, I know Ava said it to Julian, but Michael also said that to Valentine. I want to give oh. him the send off he deserves. Oh, I didn't catch that. Interesting. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Like Michael and and Sasha keep making it so obvious that she told him. Like they're sitting at the table, and she's like giving him like these big big looks, <laughs> and Valentine is like going back and forth between the two of them. But it's just like, yeah, everyone knows at the table except for. <laughs> So is the plan to tell her before the wedding or after the wedding? But doesn't she have to go to court for it? Because like Michael said that um, we want to make sure that you're still a reliable witness for the whole thing. So like, I don't know how long this is going to go on for. To me, that really blurred the timeline. Oh, no. I mean, look. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darn. But, you know, it's it's like at the end of the day, her and Michael are good. I know that sucks. Exactly. I know. But it happened exactly how you said it would. You it said, did. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was you that said it would be better if um, she told Michael first. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I was right. I like being right. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is fun. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah. So I, I do think that they're listening. What else do you I- want to happen? Speak now, Mel. Speak now. Well, now it's like the spotlight's on me. I feel like the pressure. I can't think. <laughs> it is pressure. It is pressure. Okay, so Spinelli is back this week. I'm sorry. This is the first time I was like, hi, Spinelli. He was so intimidating. <laughs> so terrible. We're like really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but like the way he caught Peter and just stared at him. And then it's like the moment the elevator door closed, it was like, oh, there's Spinelli. He like gets, geeks out on the telephone trying to, 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 <laughs> to pinpoint the call or whatever that he made and I'm just like if you can do that more you know there is a good chance oh never mind he's he's with Ellie still but I'm just like why is that like why is he part-time why does he still have like a make-believe girlfriend in another city I don't get it I'm not like I just love it when he comes to town I know and I'm just like why can't he just live in Port Charles why can't he just be there and now I'm really starting to wonder if, like, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if Peter's really going to remain in Max's life at all. <gasps> oh, say it. Do you think that, like, everything started out good, but then everything will kind of turn out bad? Like, they're not making him into Faison, really, and Maxine to Anna. <gasps> Whoa. 
I think that could be a thing. Oh, I just scared myself. I don't know if I want to. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's just too scary. Because I don't know. Like, the, like she's she's not stupid. There's already seeds planted because Jason and Sunny are sniffing around. She finds the check. She's calling him on discrepancy. She's letting it go because so far the explanations make sense. But I don't know. Like, this is not the same thing as the hippie guy that Spinelli brought up where she got lost in that relationship and he was really controlling and had isolated her. I feel like this is a different scenario. I think she's more, like, in her right mind. And, of course, you can turn a blind eye to certain things when you're really into somebody. But I don't know... (sighs) I don't know. With Shiloh being dead, I don't know what that means for Peter. Because at the end of the day, Spinelli and Jason are, are kind of on to him a little. But I think... Yes, I think they're on to him. I don't know if they necessarily find anything. I feel like he would be good at covering his tracks, so to speak. Um, But then we still have the question mark of Franco Drew. I don't know if their paths are... Oh, yeah. That's so we still true. Have like a, you know? So there's still a way to kind of out Peter, basically. Hey, but what about that other guy, Dr. Maddox? Would he have worked with him directly or he was just involved in it without direct involvement? You know what I mean? Like, was he just like tasked to do this job or did Peter actually like work with him on the daily? Because that's too. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they had like contact. I forget specifically Dr. Maddox's role. Obviously, it was his research that was used and everything. But I don't think that they know each other. Okay. Okay. So really, it's just the whole Franco Drew question mark. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so I am wondering, because I was holding off, you know, I just felt like, okay, this is a bump in the road for Peter, he knows the kind of track and life that he wants, he wants to be with Maxie, so I really wasn't thinking he would turn bad, but I'm just, I don't know, he got kind of desperate this week, and I just felt like, couldn't you have arranged for Shiloh's, like, murder earlier? Oh my gosh, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, I can't believe I forgot to say that, exactly that, so now you're going to all these lengths, you're willing to get Maddox stabbed, disappear a plane... And then decide, kill the guy who's, like, the top of all of it. it. Yeah, because I'm like, you didn't have to do anything to Drew. You didn't have to do anything to Dr. Maddox. You could have just gotten rid of Shiloh because he was the one that was kind of blackmailing you. So and Franco is a wild guy. card. What? He's kind of like a stupid bad guy. Like, he doesn't have his act together. Like, he can't figure out, okay, well, well, if I do this, then A and B won't even have to happen. That's what he's proving to be and It's hard to know if he's thrown because for the first time he understands what love is, where that was never something that he had to factor in when doing things because he came off as a smart criminal. He pulled off what he pulled off for so long. He's always very thoughtful and calculating. So I was hoping to see that guy. I was hoping to see that Peter sort of handle Shiloh in this quick and swift way, Mm -hmm. uh, which would have been unexpected. You know what I mean? If if Peter was behind his, his death as opposed to Stem, for instance. And none of the kind of obvious suspects. But yeah, I don't I don't really know what they're going to do with him. Like, I don't know if Shiloh just gives him some relief or if he'll continue to kind of unravel. And they'll continue yeah, to be little clues for Maxie to kind of become more and more suspicious. That would be... I mean, I don't want Peter to be a bad guy, to be honest. But for story's sake and soap opera's sake, it would be really interesting for him to unravel and for Maxie to put it together. I know. And if they do break up, part of me is like, can't Spinelli just come back and those two get back together? Because I find like Maxie is finally in a place in her life where she, where her and, and Spinelli are kind of more suitable. She's a lot more rooted. She has like yeah. a career path. I just think that they might work well now, let's say, more than they ever have in the past. Oh, I agree. 100%. So that would be amazing. And I just think it's like kind of 100% now that Maxie will probably end up working at deception did you not hear her business plan with lulu i was mind blown like i love it she's like oh yeah so you like barely thought about it <laughs> like, i I'm know like, best friend stick it's so cute they were they were so cute and kind of nina just proved to be not good at her job <laughs> like, gosh really man about the whole meetings and productivity and her not being informed she was kind of stomping her feet a little bit with the changes that max you're making it's like hop on board buddy you were gone and then she was like, well, I guess my morning's free. Do you want to go for breakfast? And I'm like, then who's going to run the place? You haven't been at work for the longest time. And now you want to go take a leisurely lunch with the one person holding everything together. I just thought that was kind of um, interesting. But again, another prediction that Maxie would be like, because it wasn't the whole point of Deception, that the, that Deception had um, a competing company? Um, I don't remember. 
because I remember her it was Lucy and she was always fighting with Catherine I think her name was she she dated Nicholas's uncle dad and slept with Nicholas and slept with Stefan oh boy okay okay that was a long long time ago <laughs> so many stuff right some of the stuff right there did you happen to notice that on I forget what day of the week it was but they use a vintage JH hospital shot before going into the hospital no I didn't but they used like this old hospital shot and I thought that was really cool I don't know if there was like a specific anniversary or anything like that but I thought it was really interesting yes okay so what was your favorite of the week so I have two favorites of the week the first one was that Joss Christina scene like it's really I love that Christina is still growing as a character and she's not reverting back she just keeps to being this wonderful person and this addition to all of the people that surround her and giving Joss such great advice on what it would be like to go to boarding school and what that would mean to her, but still not pushing, just giving her a different perspective. And I thought that was amazing because her mom is not so graceful in giving her a different perspective and it never goes over so well. So it was just nice to see that Joss Christina, somebody close to her age and give her that valuable life advice. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. And I liked about what she said about Michael. What do you think that means for Michael's future? Because I feel like it was like a little nugget. I, I like that she, she kind of used that. I thought it was really interesting, this concept that, look, look what happened to Michael. Like, like, <laughs> look at him. He's just a, a dog that has, that, that has to take care of all of us. And he's so sucked in and, and, and all that. And he hadn't had this chance to kind of like grow on his own. I thought that was so interesting for her to have like brought up to Joss like that. But I don't know what that really means for his future. I don't know if that means at one point in time, he's going to like kind of like F off. And sort of separate into his own thing. I just don't picture Michael doing that. Like the most I see Michael doing in terms of attaining any kind of like independence is basically just having his own family, to be honest. That's exactly what I thought. I just thought it was another clue towards him being a father and having Wiley and creating for the first time his life for himself. And he can't always look out for everybody. His immediate is going to be first and then everybody else kind of orbits around. Um, But yeah, I thought it was just an interesting little tidbit that she brought up. (laughs) Yeah, about Wiley, though, somebody wrote something I thought was hilarious. It was Ella Patton wrote, Brad just needs to leave a Dear John note and leave town. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that, would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> but like I said, I would have really loved that, like, massive police standoff. But I did love the scene with, with Chris, Christina, because it was so random. She was just raiding the fridge. Yeah. I would Jaws, I know, so... so- Yeah, I love the Christina this week. So we got a little bit of her and Joss, which I would love to see a lot more of. And we also got to see her kind of like cultivating a friendship with uh, Willow. After the court case, they went off to get a drink together. Yes, I did like that too. Oh, Christina, she, she needs that. She needs some good, strong women in her life. Well, I just think that now, like, whatever it appears that the whole Shiloh thing is over I hope we can kind of like move past it a little bit and start to see kind of like more Christina and more and and see how Willow starts to like really cement her roots and just more mingling I love that you know like Willow and Christina being friends more like Christina and um, Jocelyn's that would be great so my other favorite thing this week is how Dev became you know the hero helping out bringing Wiley to the hospital but what really stuck out for me is that this whole time he's been here, I felt like he looked at Sonny as the boss, you know, the big godfather figure, that kind of thing. But for the first time when he like launched himself into Sonny's arms, it was more of a father figure. Like he really felt like he fit at this point in time. And that's a huge change in their relationship and maybe how Dev deals with school and taking being there so much more seriously now. I, I like that whole scene made me realize, you know, well, what I don't think that Carly really grasps is that as much as she's looking out for Joss, and I get and I get it to her, Dev is this thing that they're lying about. But he's mm-hmm. a kid, and that became so yeah. obvious when he hugged Sonny. And I feel like that's the thing she doesn't see. And I know she thinks she's looking out for him by saying, "Oh, this is best for him. He won't have to lie." But you, you think that you tell Joss, you know, your love. We want you here. So what does it mean that you you're sending him off and not Joss? Like he's still a child who needs some kind of connection. So I thought that was really sweet. And I think it feeds into, um, because remember at first, the whole idea was like, Sonny saw himself in Deb. And then eventually, and I had said that, you know, I had thought maybe it was more of a like father-son thing, like that he saw Morgan in Deb. And then he ended up expressing that much later. So this is interesting. So he's kind of getting that like, maybe second chance with someone like Deb. 
Exactly. Because he's a different type. You know, we keep talking about, like, Dev is obviously not the same kind of impulsive as Morgan. Morgan had bipolar that was completely different. But you certainly know Michael either. So for Sunny, I think it has that, like, Morgan essence, being able to kind of father somebody like Dev. It's like a two-in-one, you know, like a second chance on himself and on Morgan. Which is a heavy thing for Dev to carry. But he doesn't even know that he's carrying, basically. (laughs) True. And Joss really stepped up for him this week, telling her mom over and over and over that Dev's not the problem and that she actually likes having him around. She told her mom today, you know, like, it's it's nice to have him here because he's not a reminder of Oscar. The thing, though, with Jax is that, like, I know that it's more about Sunny, like, understanding that there's a secret that revolves around Dev. But yeah. when Dev was missing and he was, like, poking at Sunny, I honestly thought he was going to, like show his concern for Dev because Dev is a kid. Because, like, when the kids were going to school, I think... I, well, he, he turned it into, to like, a bit of an interrogation with Dev, but he started out, I think, maybe last week, looking at Dev, being like, so how was school? So I was a bit disappointed in Jax. Like, I know he wants to stick it to Sunny, but, I mean, like, Dev is still a kid. And I sort of expected Jax to maybe treat him that way and put that first. You made a point that I don't even know if I should say out loud because we've talked about this a little bit, the whole flirtiness with Jackson Carly, that there's always so much chemistry, but you just basically stated that they're both on the same side. Not seeing Dev as a kid, Sonny's the only <gasps> one that him as a kid and wants to protect him. Wedge, here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like it, it, I didn't even realize I was saying that because visually this week they made sure to show Jackson Carly on one side of the counter and Sonny on the mm-hmm. other. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> uh, wedgie wedgie <laughs> well we'll see what we'll see what happens as Carly went into labor so let's see you know they have Dev in common so now with the baby coming let's see what that does to her and Sonny's relationship and they brought back up the whole uh, Kate's house that he I very know. well may be living across the like yard or whatever from them neighbors <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know how do you say that side by side how do you say that? I don't even know. There's going to be neighbors. <laughs> neighbors. Side-by-siders. Oh, they'll live beside. Beside, that's the word. I'm like, how do you say people who live close together, separated by grass, not the street? Oh, my gosh. I need to sleep. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. So I think with that being said, kiss those cute babes. I will. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Love ya. Bye. Bye. Have a good weekend, everybody.